Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. I'm your host, Kyle Reinfried. How was your Thanksgiving? What did you do? Did you hang out with family, friends, just take that much-needed solo time, that four-day vacation? Whatever it was, I hope you ate some delicious food. Today, my guest is Brian Rodriguez. You should know that name by now. It's one of those top-tier names for just talking about on this podcast and the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you don't know it, that's that is a shame. But he is my former co-host for PSL of Hoffman. He is the current host of High School Slumber Party, and he's just one of my oldest and dearest friends. And you know, why is it when we get together, we just have these? You know, the episodes are long. Why are they you know, such long episodes? Well, it's because we have great conversation. We talk so many great things on this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear about them. So, without further ado. Enjoy this episode with my dinner with uh, Brian for my dinner with Hervé. Well, thanks for coming back, Brian. What's happening? Thanks for having me. Uh, always good to have a dinner here. <laughs> not not really, but... Uh... I know. It's just <laughs> like I should have had a nice meal prepared. For, At least a spread. Yeah, for the beginning of the what, I, what I'm dubbing the, the My Dinner series. We're, this is the first of, uh, I mean, you know, you're on for coming to America, so that was maybe the, uh, I don't know. But I was supposed to be on originally for My Dinner with Andre. Yes, and, we and that's where that we, day. Yeah. Yes, and that's where we kind of came up, we were, and then we realized, oh, wow, you, you kind of brought it to my attention, then, then there's a like kind of a spoof on My Dinner with Andre with what what's the, it's the wrestling film My Dinner with Freddie My I Dinner with Freddie with Freddie Blassie and uh, Andy um, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman so, <laughs> and uh, yeah and so and and then there's even there's then, a documentary like My Dinner with My Dinner with Andre something like yeah that. so then a documentary about that. Spoof or I just find ways to book myself on your podcast. (laughs) I've already, and we won't reveal it, but I've already booked myself for next Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true. You have. You're uh, a good agent for yourself. (laughs) Uh, But this is the beginning of the My Dinner series, and today we'll be covering My Dinner with Hervé. But uh, we're going to get into that, but first, uh, I mean, we have some kind of uh, exciting things to talk about. Oh, you just want to jump in and talk about it, okay? Yeah, let's just jump in and talk about it. Yeah, no, and I've 
been very excited about this. I know you have too, and we've been something we've been talking about because we miss the man. We've missed the man since day one, but we've missed the man even more because it's been a while since at least I've seen a Philip Seymour Hoffman film. Yeah, and talked about it. We got to go back. And you guys know because I've said it plenty of times, but we are previous you know brian and i were co-hosts and we had a podcast p.s i love hoffman right here our... on the cage club podcast network that's cageclub.me <laughs> cageclub.me <laughs> look at that listen to our banter people you're gonna want to tune back synergy. in synergy there's a lot of synergy going on uh but because we're also doing some cross promoting with the episode i'm doing and then later in the week you're going to check out an episode that brian that i'm going to be on for uh high school slumber party and i've guested on a few episodes and then we were just like oh with the with the thanksgiving holiday we, we have a lot to be thankful for and absolutely we, and we have uh we just love uh recording podcasts and we and we and we love hanging out and talking to one another i think still we took the yeah. you know, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so th- he's on my dinner with Hervé and then i'm going to be on can we say we'll say the film now or do you want oh yeah hairspray, okay. hairspray. Which, which not a food film but something no. i'm excited to talk about there's, uh, a, and there's a few food scenes. There's, there's oh, that is true. There are women that do enjoy, uh, you know. I didn't even think of it like that. Clever, nice. One character's always has like a lollipop, and you know. And that'll be coming out on Friday. Yes, so we'll so, be recording that one right after. Yes, you'll be getting this. The this is Wednesday. Well, if you're listening to it, the day it came out. But this is uh, Wednesday, and then fr- Friday, you you got to tune into High School Slumber Party and uh, hear us. Gab about Hairspray, the 2007 Hairspray. Yeah, I feel like these two podcasts, they're going to be nice. We're like the Thanksgiving leftovers, you know. <laughs> We're still here. I love leftovers. Leftovers the... are awesome. There's never enough anymore. Make... When I was younger, there was less people in the family. Yeah. There's a lot of leftovers. Now there's never enough. I get so leftovers. pissed up, like, you know, it's usually, I'm usually going to, like, my parents or whatever, and I get, so, like, when it's at my parents, I get so pissed at my mom when she starts giving, like, leftovers. <laughs> Do yeah, you, wanna, you have squatters' rights on those leftovers. Yeah, it should I, be how much time you put in the home. I want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to make a moist maker. <laughs> oh God, little tease, little tease there, but oh God, <laughs> the moist maker. That's not technically a Thanksgiving Friends episode, by the way, but we might need to include that. Oh, okay. Because it's included in what? <laughs> that's the tease. That's the tease for one year, guys. <laughs> yeah, one year. <laughs> I, I heard your Thanksgiving episode last week, and I was like, no. No. Next next year, we're going to do something fun. <laughs> Not that it wasn't fun. Listen to the dig, I people. just wasn't a part the, of it. Listen to that dig. <laughs> I wasn't a part of it, so that makes it less fun for me. That's true. That's very... Uh, you're, Brian, you're talking to the king of FOMO. <laughs> the king of FOMO. Less and less these days, because just like... There's nothing to miss out on, because our friends don't do anything. <laughs> people having babies, people getting married. Yeah. Lame. lame. Very lame. But, uh, <laughs> well, so, again, before we get into the movie, anything anything new with uh, you in the in the realm of food? Have you, have you uh, just in general, been to any maybe new restaurants or anything, well, anything I'm, of I'm, note? I'm recovering from our trip, which I know you've talked about. On your podcast, yes, but I, I also talked about it on my podcast uh, a yes. little bit. Um, clearly, you didn't listen. <laughs> it's no, I mean after that. So if if you're just listening to this podcast today, Kyle is the best man in 
a wedding of our friend Dan. Yeah, Dan's been on your podcast. Dan he has will be been on, on my mine. podcast. Yeah. And what a couple weeks ago, both Dan and Kyle were on my podcast for Encino Man. Yes. That's the same Dan. Um, and we went to Austin and Dallas. Austin, Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> we ate a lot of food, a lot of barbecue, and drank a lot of beer. And I had so, been in a... So much. I had been in Asheville the weekend before visiting yes. friends. And if you guys haven't been to Asheville, pretty much like the brewery capital, at least of the south, or of Appalachia. <laughs> and... Uh, I think I think in uh, yeah, and how many in total breweries did you go to? I can't remember, and maybe that's a that's bad a thing, bad thing. But at definitely in the twenties in two weekends. Yeah, we went to a lot in Dallas te- in one via day. Our Texas, I think six or seven in Dallas, and then I know just in one only, day, mind you. Yeah, only <laughs> only four in Austin. People, I was I, I was a little. People got, uh, maybe it was the food, maybe just too much of like a food coma. Uh, people weren't as, you know. A um, couple things with that, I would say. As, as you know, as you know as a traveler. Yes. That we were in a group of three in Dallas. Well, but then you're, you're cut, you know. And my cousin, but my cousin's, shout out to Michael Conrad, crazy. Yes. You know, when it comes to these things. He was amazing. He I pushes like... it to the limit, you know. Push it to the limit. <laughs> kind of, you know, like we were... We had a lot of tacos. So yeah, we started <laughs> off. We went from he picked us up in the airport. Yeah, we. I mean, I think you've talked about a little bit about it on your show, but I don't know if we've gone like in depth. And I, I don't know. People don't want to hear about our eating habits. Probably. Oh, on foodie films, maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> As sh- yeah. I know you mentioned the gas station tacos on your show, which yes. were divine. Divine. Um, which just sounds weird, but Fuel City in Dallas, twenty four seven. Oh, and I bought Dan that Fuel City shirt. It's it's still in my cousin's car. But where's your windbreaker? Because you left the windbreaker mm. too. Is that still? In there? I mean, I don't want to talk about that. I lost my favorite windbreaker at a brewery. You didn't lose it, or did they not? They never responded to my email. Oh shit! So, yeah. So and I, it, they don't make it anymore. So I'm very upset. <laughs> Jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Rest yeah. in peace, awesome crane windbreaker. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> not crane as in Fraser. They had like crane, <laughs> which would be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> a Fraser windbreaker. <laughs> oh, but we went to Pecan Lounge though, yeah. in Dallas. We started the day with Pecan Lounge, but I feel like we were smart there. Yeah. Oh, we, we were. Still, we ate a lot, but we, we were did. Smart. But we were smart. We, well, we were smart more. at Franklin's too. We were smart at Franklin's too. I learned that. I, it took me three times going <laughs> to Franklin's to know to like not eat just oh. just way too much. You know, like, so good. But you just want to. You know, you don't have to eat in quantity though. But we. I forgot what the meal at Pecan Lounge was called, but it was just like a, a the trough or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. And we had uh, the but, four of us, and but my cousin didn't eat as much because he knows better than all of us. You know. <laughs> But uh, I felt our friend Dan, he doesn't travel as much. Yeah. And it was definitely a treat for him. It was a like, nice... And Pecan Lounge is awesome. And the trick got... I don't know if I want to say the trick if you're there. Whatever. Just go to the bar at Pecan Lounge. Yeah. Famous place. There's usually no way to the bar, and they serve you regularly. There you and go. right away, the bartender's right there. Yeah. I mean, you have to go pick it up, but everyone has to go pick it up. Yeah. You know? like, it's that's, easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. What's the the hot mess? Oh yeah, the it's like a loaded sweet potato. And when you say sweet potato, it's a sweet potato the size bigger than a baby. It's the Godzilla version of a sweet potato. <laughs> like is when you, our mutual friend just had a baby, that sweet potato was at least longer than the baby. <laughs> you know, if it was both halves, it would probably be yeah, bigger than the baby. Yeah. 
And what does it have in it? It's got like... It's got... I think... Did that... Was it... was pulled pork. Pulled pork. But like... A bunch of cheese, A bunch of cheese. Like a creamy sauce thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's delicious. Maybe some bacon too. For good measure. (laughs) (laughs) And then we pretty much saw... And went to... And had a beer at... Every great brewery in And Dallas. almost died on scooters. Well, not <laughs> us. Pretty much Dan. Yeah, our friend Dan. Um, and that, that truck stop place was cool, too. That wasn't an eating place, but... Oh, yeah. We had frozen... Uh... I had a frozen Mai Tai, but I forgot what you guys had. Not Frosés. No, I didn't have frozen. <laughs> forget what I had. But we had the funnel cake beer, too. The... Oh, the funnel cake beer, yeah. I definitely need to... to go to that Texas State Fair and yeah. die. Because I need, the yeah, food we, need, we, should go, we should go the next... The next time, yeah, we'll that do would be fun. Foodie Films Live, and then quickly Austin, like you said, we went to more breweries there. Yeah, we went to uh, Franklin's, which Franklin's, you can see in course. Chef. Of course, I'm sure you've talked about Franklin's yes. a lot on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> so we don't have to uh, go into it again. But I, what I liked about Franklin's is that I'd never been there, so the experience is actually fun to wake up in the morning and like kind yeah. of tailgate out there and, and we did it, it on a fast. saturday which is like the craziest day to go yeah and it goes fast yeah. i mean for those of you who don't know that franklin's line is infamous <laughs> infamous and when they run out of meat they run out of meat yeah so you pretty much have to get online but they give you a we had these mimosas in a can that were good those were really good and strong <laughs> Yeah, that, and I had a cold brew in a can, you know, non-alcoholic, but it was still it was really good. Yeah, no, they make you comfortable there, and it's obviously not bad weather. If you were waiting like in the Northeast, cold out there, then that's yeah. a different story. There's some people waiting online, and they went to a Voodoo Donut Shop, which Dan and I went on uh, Monday when we were like trying to kill time before the airport, and people had like eating. Do- I'm like, save it. Save yeah, it. I, I wouldn't save do that. For, Drinks are fine. Yeah, but like no. Um, yeah, did good. you tell your listeners, I'm not sure about Moe's Tavern, that was fun? Uh, I don't recall. Maybe. I think I posted about it, so. So for but, Halloween, yeah. they decorated this one, kind yeah. of a dive bar, but a cool place. What was it? Nickel and, Nickel and, no. Nickels or Nickels, something. yeah. Nickel. Nickel Lounge? Nickel, something like that. Look it yeah. up. Google it. Look yeah. at Kyle's Instagram. Nickel, yeah. Nickel's, Nickel's in Austin. If you put, <laughs> if you put that, you're going to find it. And yeah, it was great because they they made like actual drinks from The Simpsons. Yeah, and the Flaming bartenders Mose. would dress like that. Yeah, and it was that was a fun place because Dan's a Simpsons fan. A huge he didn't Simpsons. plan that. No, not at all. That just didn't you guys see it posted somewhere? Do you, uh, you, you somebody or? did. Somebody did. It wasn't me, but somebody's uh, like this Dan place is decorated, or somebody who wasn't on the trip told somebody. I don't know, but it was it was easy because it was like a. Two minute walk from Franklin's, and then that day we did a lot of walking. That day, a lot of scootering. Yeah, I mean, great. Austin's got great places. Obviously, um, you know that. Yeah. Even I like the by us that that place uh, stay gold. Outsiders reference. Yeah. That was fun. The one thing, the one place I want to mention, I forgot the name is the place we had food the last time. Easy Tiger. Easy Tiger. Yeah, that was a cool place. The too. beer garden kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Austin. Very cool city. Austin's Dallas, got very a, cool city. Yeah, both have great food. I mean, Dallas right now... Da- very underrated. Th- yeah, da- Dallas. I mean, they have a whole area that's now called, like, the farmer's market, right? Yeah, like, we, 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 I thought we were going to a farm, like, a small yeah. farmer's market. It was it's amazing. Area. It was, I even forgot about that part. Between that area, be- then between Deep Ellum, like, like, those are... Dallas is... Nothing, due to sports fandom, nothing would make me happier than saying, fuck Dallas. <laughs> You're a fucking shit city. No, but, but it's cool. It's amazing. Dallas is... Dallas doesn't get enough credit. I think it's overshadowed by 
I think it's still up, really Austin. up and coming. Yeah, even though Dallas is the much bigger city. Yeah. I think that's like, oh, it's maybe too mainstream for Austin. But as much as I like Austin, you can tell Austin's getting a little mainstream now. Not to be a hipster, but... No, but even... So I did... Like, this spring will be four years ago that I did that cross-country road trip. And I remember when I was doing that and planning it. And I was talking to people and I posted on, like, Facebook. Oh, I'm going... You know, I know I'm definitely going to Austin because I heard Austin's awesome. Where else should I go in Texas? And sure, like, Dallas is, like, would have been, like, technically a little out of the way, but if I heard it was amazing, I would have gone. And everyone's like, ah, oh, it's very corporate, very, you know, like, just, like, businessy, like... Which you can tell, like, that's probably what it used to be. Yeah, and but it it's still has the, that. But... It still has that, but it's changing with the times and, and providing just, like, a fun atmosphere for younger citizens. Absolutely. It's a not very... even ages have anything to do with it. But no, just... it's a very cool city. It's yeah. a very hip city, and that was never Dallas's reputation. So I guess shout-out to Dallas. Yeah. And then uh, just quickly, Asheville again. Awesome, awesome drinking. I need to go. Well. That's where somewhere where the foodie films man, Kyle, has not been, that he definitely, definitely needs to check out because that brewery scene is just... it. The downtown of the city has... I feel like it has more breweries than bars. And there you, you just go. go like brewery yeah. hopping, and I, I like my craft beer. And I'm not like you know me. I'm not saying oh, so I can get smashed, you know, because you can get smashed anywhere on anything. No, it's about trying awesome stuff. Well, that's why I tried to start being like, especially when I saw people were like hurting a little bit, and we were a little sluggish in like Austin. I was just like, guys, let's just go to these places and get flights, and we can each like try like a little bit, like just like if you see two beers on the menu, you want to get like get those two beers on the flight and then, you know, then share with somebody else. Like the and rest. that's the difference between, I think, a foodie or a drinky here. <laughs> that sounds bad. A foodie and then someone who just likes beer, yeah. you know. Like, someone who's more of a foodie-style person of trying beer. I, I, I don't know the word. Some people listening would be like snobs. <laughs> but someone like that is more like... Beery. You're trying to... Crafty. Crafty, yeah. <laughs> crafty little like little fingery <laughs> no um you're trying to just you want to taste the recipes you want to taste what's going on you don't want yeah. to get too smashed because then a beer is just a beer yeah you know? then, yeah you're not you're just gonna then it's gonna go to like the basic like this is sour this is, <laughs> like. i mean so and I, I know what you're getting at like if you want to do a lot of breweries in a small amount of time yeah just just tasting glasses be smart tasting split glasses. a flight with your friends yeah. taste them all because that's how you really really try a lot of interesting flavors in different countries and different countries. Yeah, that's true too. But, <laughs> but different states and different cities have different palates. Where, I mean, Texas not that big on the sours as they are up here. No, I was very happy that one the I oh I don't have I have the sticker somewhere, but it's like the blue owl, mm. the, like last one we went to. Mm-hmm. That was like all, and that was I really liked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were in all Austin, good yeah. breweries in Austin. I would I would say that the um, Asheville scene is more into the sours than the Austin scene. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I think that's maybe it's just like an East Coast thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Or sour people. <laughs> it's true. Maybe not in Asheville, but certainly no. up here in New York. Asheville is the East Coast Portland, it sounds like. Essential. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I've never been to Portland, so I can't officially say that. So I can't say 100%. <laughs> but it's very much Portlandia feel. Certainly more of that vibe of hippie-ish, you know, yeah. than Austin, believe it or not. Like, like, I mean, the Portlandia, you know, quoted it, where young people go to retire. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, what, no one has a job? Where, why are you all out right but now? But the weirdest thing about Asheville is, the, it's like in the heart of Appalachia, or as they yeah. do say, Appalachia. Appalachia. Yeah. And 
it's a very, very like hippie liberal city. Yeah. But they have these thick, like mountain southern yeah. accents. And like it's something you I just, just hear like, people like fuck it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Trump. No, literally. They're like, fuck Trump. Yeah. That piece of shit. I don't understand. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Though, that accent and yeah, those words are not supposed your to... Your cliches are not matching, <laughs> sir. And, and that just goes to show you, like, there's no, like, cross-section no. of this country that's, like, these people are this way, these people are that way, because it's just... It's amazing. Like, and that's a really... That town exceeded my expectations. Awesome. That's, that's, what, that's what's been going on in my food and drink <laughs> world. Well... I hope I hope that uh, you guys are st- still listening because we're gonna start <laughs> talking about uh, my dinner with uh, Hervé. Hervé, yes. Hervé, Hervé, Hervé Villechans. Yeah, Villechans. Uh, <laughs> let me just ask you right away. What did you, what did you think of this movie? Um, honestly, so I, I've been thinking. This is a new movie. New movie, HBO. You can yeah. catch it now. HBO, which means lots of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not TV. It's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be, like <laughs> HB, like since we're doing the PSS, it would be HBOO, and the O's look like boobs. <laughs> sorry, sorry, people. Anyway, so it's a new movie, HBO. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, it's not something that I saw the trailers, but HBO always does a really good job with their films now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not somebody who, lately especially, who like shits on the biopics or biopics, as you say. Because when I look at genres, right, and I'm going to pick on something I pick on a lot, the horror genre. Yes. The same things happen in a lot of these films. It's just about if you do it right, you know? Yeah, just uh, sometimes the chemistry lands, sometimes it doesn't. You know, like, you can have... Absolutely. Yeah, it's just... And on my show, High School Slumber Party, we see that a lot. We see a lot of films that have the same plot lines. And some will be amazing, and some will suck. Yeah. And a lot of times it's about execution. So was this film, like, the greatest film ever? No. Um, my favorite HBO film, and I think you know what I'm going to say, Behind the Candelabra. It's either that or... Well, you're not a Yankees fan, but 61's really good. 61, that's a very good one. Again, yeah. not a Yankee fan. Yeah. Behind the Candelabra is my favorite. Yeah, Behind the... Yeah. And that's a Scott, and that's a biopic too. Scott. And I thought that it has was both my... Ant Man's in it. Yeah, Wait, no, it doesn't. Wait, I don't, I don't know why I said. Oh, it's because I'm just no, thinking of Ant Man saying Scott. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Behind the Candelabra. Shout out to Cinemakers, the Soderbergh season. Yes. But that's really probably one of my favorite films. I love that film. It's an amazing film. That talk about just like a compelling, like biopic biopic of just like, I mean. You just it, it just did such a good job of showing, I mean, because it's not just about, you know, Liberace, but it shows just his whole world of, like, his talent, and then just, I mean, then just a crazy part of his personal life. And Absolutely. It was, it, I loved it. And this is not on that level, but I still enjoyed this film. I thought the performance... Performances were really good. Yeah, I mean, well, let's just say we've got, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage, a.k.a. Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, and this apparently was a big passion project for him. Huge passion project for him. Him and the director, Sasha Gervasi, have been working on it together for a long time, and I think Peter, I mean, clearly Peter Dinklage has an excellent relationship with HBO and brought it to them, and I think they just also wanted to make it's not like they just, but they probably saw a really good story and then also wanted to make one of their leads of their most successful like show of all time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Happy. So, and then we've got Jamie Dorman, uh, you know, Fifty Shades. Uh, he's... I was like, where's this guy from? I'm like, oh, that's why I haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I thought he did a good job, honestly. Yeah, well, you know why? Well, I mean, number one, I, I, I saw, I think, the f- first Fifty Shades of Grey, or I don't know what the rest of them are called. But they're just, those just aren't also good movies, and they're very soap opery and that kind of stuff. But... He just got to speak in his natural, like, Irish... Like, I think he's just an actor that... Yeah, he did seem very natural in this film. And, yeah. Like, there's something very unnatural about uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's a very contrived delivery. Like, from the clips I've seen, like, or it's being on TV, like... Well, everything is just, like, a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then the only... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong... But the only other there's uh, Una Chaplin, which I just wanted to then say that again because uh, she was in a couple of seasons of uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. This was not as bad as the Red Wedding, but uh, her, you know, in this film, her husband cheats on her, and they're going through a hard time in their marriage. And then uh, David Straight Straight. Not it's not Michael Strahan, but Strahan. <laughs> Strathairn. Uh, Strathairn. Yeah, he plays Marty, who is uh, Hervé's. He was his manager, his agent. Yeah. Which again, I've seen this guy in so many things. Yeah, his big like most he got. I know he's nominated. Actually, he was nominated for Best Actor same year as uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman for oh. Capote for uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, duh. Yeah, that's what I was that's thinking of. That's another biopic. He's in some of the Bourne movies, I know that. Yes. And He's in uh, River Run Wild with Meryl Streep. <laughs> and Timmy from Jurassic Park, and we just recently saw Bohemian Rhapsody, which Timmy plays John Deacon. Deakey. He's in this, Timmy? <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying he's in the River Run Wild. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God. It's degrees of... <laughs> <laughs> okay. This guy, yeah. though, is in a very, very, very famous biopic where the... Uh, lead one best actor. And he's kind of like the main supporting actor in this film. Oh, go ahead. Lincoln. He's actually ah, in that. He plays yes. Seward. So. Yes. I think he seems like a guy... Because Lincoln wasn't an HBO film that was a real film, but that might as well have been an HBO film because they used a lot of... Spielberg has a big connection to HBO. Yeah. A lot of the producers are HBO producers on that film. And a lot of like the bit actors mm-hmm. from... Oh, what's the guy from Deadwood and Eastbound and Down? He has like a bit role. Oh, in oh, yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, John, John, Jonathan Hawks. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in Lincoln who are like. Which eight. is a Deadwood movie coming. Yeah, I heard that. Joey will be happy. I think. I, I think, think he likes Deadwood. I think, I think so. Maybe. Battery <laughs> hates it. Yeah, I know he has the, a strong opinion. He has a very strong opinion. Joey, when you listen to this, remind us what your strong opinion on Deadwood is. Yes. Joey Lewandowski, <laughs> the Godfather, obviously, we're referring to. I totally, I, when I was saying people, I totally uh, wrote it on the other side of the uh, page. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. well, you are forgetting somebody, sir. Ricardo Montalban, played by Andy fucking Garcia. I love Andy Garcia. I'm a big Andy Garcia guy. He is awesome as Ricardo Montalban. He's awesome in everything, but, yeah, I know, but he's, he's awesome yeah. in, as, as Ricardo. He's awesome. He was in a... Uh, P.S. I Love Hoffman movie. Yeah, When a Man Loves a Woman. Yes, but Hoffman was barely in that one. Mm-hmm. And I talked about him extensively with Mike Manzi on Third Time's a Charm for The Godfather 3. Very awesome actor. And he does an awesome job. Like, like. All right, so if you guys don't know the story, this is... Most people know, like, um, Hervé and Ricardo Montalban from Fantasy Island. Island. They're playing, they're playing. Yeah, exactly. The... So you needed a strong guy 
to play Ricardo Montalban. And I can't think of anyone better. Perfect. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. That makes sense. You know, there's, there was no, no, no question about it. Not at all. And so, I mean, this, this film, it's covering, I guess, kind of the last... I mean, how many, how many days would you say this film took, o- took place over? Like, three? If that. If that. And it's just... Not counting, like, little, like... No. I'm writing the book, you know? Like. Yeah, that, yeah that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But, like, the main... Like, he's... I think Danny, you know, so that's a Jamie Dornan's character. So his character's fictional. Fictional, but it's largely and, based on the director. On the director. And writer, which is confusing, because, like, yeah, you have the rights you? to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is that he did not want to... This is just me spitballing. Yeah, sure. He did not want to hurt the people in his life who he hurt by including his name. I see. You yeah, know? makes That's sense. the only yeah. thing I could think I of. I really couldn't find any, like, trivia effect. Like, didn't find much about just even production. And so, you know, nothing no, Nothing as far as even the interviews, really, that, like, were, would get, went into that realm of it. The biggest stuff I saw was how, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage and Sausage Gervaisi just, like, wanted to make this film and it's been a passion project for quite some time but um yeah danny's in la sent there and he's gonna do uh a piece the main piece is supposed to be on gore vidal and yeah you could tell it's the last straw for him basically yeah because he's he's fucking up in life and he's fucking up at work he's an alcoholic he's an alcoholic and, yeah, so he goes there, and he's supposed to do a main piece on Gore Vidal, but while he's there doing a puff piece, because it's whatever anniversary of uh, of the uh, Golden Gun, and... Yeah, the man with the Golden Gun. The man with the Golden Gun, and so... Which is the big breakout role. Uh, the In Hollywood, Ro- Roger yeah. Moore version. I thought the guy who played Roger Moore was great. I don't yeah, know who that really was, but like he he looked like Roger Moore. But Queen in Country. He had a very. There's a guy called Mark Umbers. I just looked it up. He had a very Roger Moore feel. I, he's not anyone I knew. It'll probably be in more HBO stuff eventually. Probably. That's how it works. It really. <laughs> he's probably been on a season of Game of Thrones and like some <laughs> small part in like the Lannister army. No, I would know that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so the uh, the. Uh, uh, Danny's boss says, but do this puff piece. And then Hervé takes up a lot of his time and he is late for the Gore Vidal and that screws everything up. And so then Hervé, we can see he's he's lonely. Like right away, we can just assume he's lonely. He's, you know, a bit, if not like mostly a broken man and just wants like a friend and is joking around with Danny a lot. And it's just about this kind of like, I, I think they're together for like, 40 not in total but like over 48 hours it's like two nights mm-hmm. for the most part so it's more of i don't know why it's called my dinner with Hervé. it should be like my i think it's just a day. play uh, yeah. i think it's a play on um my, my dinner, dinner with andre. andre yeah such an influential film my dinner with andre it's it funny because really i feel like it's one of these films i mean it's not citizen kane but it's like citizen kane where everyone quotes it but like not the large population has seen it. You know, no. <laughs> it's like if you talk about it, you sound smart. My dinner with Andre, not my yeah. dinner with Hervé. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. It's a, yeah, it's a Citizen Kane, Casablanca, the Citizen like, Kane of food films. Of food. Ooh, <laughs> wow! We'll have to remember. I'm going to write that down. Let's just say on our episode with Mr. Harrison, Citizen Kane of food films. Um, let's t- let's talk about. 
Let's talk about Peter Dinklage's performance. Well, yeah, Let's what really did you know that. of Hervé before this film? Very little. I didn't know he was French, which also is very interesting because, like, he's like the... I like that we had uh, one of our, I think, just like a top, like, favorite person of interest of ours, Andre the Giant. The HBO made a documentary about him pretty recently, and I just love these two yeah, very French different giant. French, yeah. <laughs> like a French giant and a French dwarf. And yeah. so I really, besides besides the fact of uh, Golden Gun and Fantasy Island, I knew nothing of him. That's all I knew, I think. Think I kind of I definitely have like wikied him before because uh-huh. I just like wikied yeah. random well, stuff yeah. and I knew he had committed suicide and just I've always been fascinated with the impact of the Love Boat and Fantasy Island which ran back to back and I guess I guess CBS mm-hmm. and it was so different than the TV we have today but we so we go back and forth right in TV you know I'm a big TV junkie in a sense of, I don't want to say TV junkie, I'm a, I'm a big TV historian. Mm-hmm. We go back and forth between shows that fantasize and shows that are very realistic. Yes. We're in a very realistic mode, believe it or not. Even though Game of Thrones is a fantasy, it's yeah, a visceral it's fantasy. It's a vis- gritty, visceral, yeah, exactly. like showing the uglier sides of, you know, like the Battle of the Bastards. It's yeah. It's like a very, you know. And then we, we go through and we go through transitional periods. The nineties was a very transitional period in terms of people didn't want to see shows like Dallas, Falcon Crest. Yeah. Fantasy Island and The Love Boat are like those shows in terms of just like over the top and what we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know? In in England it was shows about kings and queens, right? Yeah. And not the, not our modern Kings and Queens show where we show Queen Elizabeth is like a real person. Not like that, you know. <laughs> she has issues too. <laughs> it's like a real person and, and you go to the nineties or eighties, nineties is like Cheers, Friends, we'll talk about shows like that. Yeah. Because those shows are more it's real. We can relate to it. But it's not really, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's like the, it's like a transition between. Them. Well, and that's why we've even moved away from more sitcoms with the candid laughter mm-hmm. and, you know, the, not seeing the fourth wall like that. You know, the whole that you know three camera. But, but we could easily go back to an era like this. We're just not in it. And Fantasy Island and the Love Boat. I've watched a lot of epi- not a lot, okay, like five, but I think like someone my age watched yeah, sure, five yeah, episodes five, of each is a yeah, lot. Five more than I have. Uh, on like YouTube and stuff, because I was just very curious with the format. And the format is something rather interesting. It's something I've been just like, wow, this is, I wonder if this would work today. Every week, they had a different famous guest star. That's something I learned via this movie, yeah. yeah it's really interesting. On Fantasy Island and The Love Boat. Um, but different shows, obviously. And on Fantasy Island, they were just... The guest star wouldn't play them. Sometimes they would play themselves. But they wouldn't play themselves. They were just like... I remember watching a, a one with Sonny and Cher. Yeah. And they played... Was it Sonny and Cher or maybe just Sonny? I know it was definitely Sonny. Mm-hmm. And Sonny, like, his fantasy was to have a pirate adventure. And <laughs> it was Sonny as a pirate. <laughs> I mean, it's a great... It's interesting, right? It's a great idea especially for like writers and just fresh episodes absolutely and the love boat i bring it up because these shows if you were a fantasy island fan you were a love boat fan Mm. and the love boat it's the same crew yeah but different crews every week and a different celebrity guest star and shenanigans on the boat (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's that's a different kind of television so that's what i knew about him that he was such an integral part of the show i didn't know that he wasn't on the entire series of the show. I didn't realize he was like 
fired from it. I had heard. So how many? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look at. How do you know how many seasons he? It wasn't a lot, but they're like very impactful seasons. I'll look it up quickly. Yeah, I mean, we see it. That's something they very much show in the film, and that's why seven seasons or more. Okay. So seven. And how many seasons was the show on? No, no, no. Sorry, the show is on seven seasons. Oh, okay. But that's a big part of this movie that they show the relationship between Hervé and Ricardo Montalban is just like, and Hervé thinks of it differently, and that's where then uh, David Straithan's character Marty comes in because Hervé breaks into Marty's house. And Marty tells it like it, it tells it like it is, you know. And Six seasons, by the way, so most of the run. Okay, most of the, yeah. So it was just towards the end. And he was replaced by Mr. Belvedere, which wasn't shown in the uh, <laughs> in the movie. I don't think, right? No. Like they didn't replace him with another little person. They replaced him with the guy who played Mr. Belvedere, and he was just like a butler. Gotcha. <laughs> well. But uh, yeah, and that and that was that. Her Hervé got way too. I mean. He was definitely into drugs, into alcohol, into women, and then just got very full of him. I'm not full of himself, but I, I mean, like, it, I think every actor, <laughs> to an extent, does. You don't think Ricardo Montalban was full of himself? I mean, the way they portray this, it means, at least they made it seem like he was like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I think, but not I that think Hervey's a bad guy. I think, but. yeah, exactly. I think he had an ego too. And the, yeah, he, know, yeah. Well, exactly. Anyone that wants to, <laughs> it's like I'm important. Listen to me. Like that's you know. Now, if you're an actor, you. Have an what ego did you guy. think of his voice, Dinklage? It was very, it was very good. It's still, it was. I mean, I don't want to get into like the, like the types of dwarfism, <laughs> but like it's what. Yes, it, please don't. <laughs> No, but it is, like, something that, you know, just, like, sometimes when you're just, like, it was a decent performance, and I did get lost in the sense that I would forget about it, but then all of a sudden I would be like, oh, it's Peter Dinklage, and he's still, just as far as, like, people, he does look different than, which I know it's very difficult to then, yeah. you know, find. But, like, I'm, like, uh, uh, Vern, Vern Troy, right? Vern Troy, yeah. Yeah. Like, that, they were similar types. <laughs> well, they had a similar voice, right? Um, the thing that's funny is... Because Peter Dinklage is even, like, almost like... He's, like, a solid ten inches taller than Hervé was. Yeah, and he is... Peter Dinklage is a very good-looking guy. Yeah. You know, he's a very good-looking guy. And Hervé, I don't know, you know? Um the only similarity between them, I think, looks-wise, is that. But I think he did such a good job. I mean, definitely the style of hair helped. Yeah, they did the and best it was, job they could yeah. with him. And it was a great performance. That. Exactly. He can overcome that performance. A, a guy, I can't, it feels that like we're plugging a lot, but we don't intend to do this. But Philip Zimmer Hoffman and Capote didn't physically yeah. look like him, but they did their best to make it work and I think that this movie does similar things in that respect and I think he's awesome one thing that I don't know if you read was there was I'm gonna sound compl- I'm you know I'm not a right-wing guy but I'm gonna sound like it here because <laughs> of what happened and this casting really pissed me off so there's this whole movement now which I 90% agree with in terms of like remember when Scarlett Johansson was chastised her doing Ghost in a Shell yeah which, again, I, I agree with that one, and then she was going to play, like, oh, I know a man. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were criticizing um, Peter Dinklage for playing Hervé 
Because they were saying they were whitewashing the role. Yeah. And he's playing Yellowface because a lot of people assumed yeah. that he was he Filipino. Was Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's... And Peter Dinklage was in an interview. He's like, I met the entire family. No one in the family is Filipino. Yeah. That's just... Like, you know, he looked like They're that. You from Fre- but you, because, like, he had, like... A bit, I mean, okay, so they're French, and I mean, obviously in the Philip, then what? That's like French Polynesia is like near there, right? I guess. I, mean, I don't know. There's no, there's no, no know, connection. No, I know there is no, there is no, no, but there is no connection. But it's just like what? Just because the guy kinda looked a bit like maybe French Polynesian, and he's on, a, and you saw him <laughs> on a show that was on a fucking island. Yeah, no, that and that. Like you are the racist there. Exactly, and that that's why some of these things are good, right? Some of these things are good where we say. Wow, like that movie, there's a Kevin Spacey movie, I forgot what it's called, but where they're all like counting hands in poker. Oh, oh. You know what like, I'm talking about? Yeah, 21. 21, yeah. And that's based on a book, and every single person in that book is Asian. <laughs> and there's no Asian person on that cast. Yeah. That's bad, you know? Yeah. That's bad. That's stupid and that's bad. Yeah. But don't also, I hate this holier-than-thou culture of shame on the internet that Without doing any research. Well, the problem was, there was a line on Wikipedia that was erroneous that said he was of Filipino descent. But it ended up not being real. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, lesson one. Two, yeah, really do your research before you're chastising somebody. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, silly. And I'm sorry, and, well, and then also, like, I mean, just in this, like, theoretical world of, like, <laughs> if he was, like, part of, or not theoretical, like, uh, hypothetical world, I should say, not theoretical, uh, that he was part Filipino, like, again, that's because that's what people are saying, like, he's part or whatever. Is this story supposed to wait until we get an actor of a certain caliber from the Philippines that's also... Yeah, but of, like, a, would that be fair if a full Filipino paid a, played a part Filipino person? Yeah. I, that's why sometimes we split hairs way too much. We need to focus on really egregious things. Yeah. You know? I don't and I don't know who draws the line, and this is where we get dangerous. Peter Dinklage is not French, you know. Exactly. Do we need a French person to play him? I don't know. And I'm not trying to say, oh fuck all this. Everybody should be able to play everybody. I don't know that. I don't know the answers. I'm not going to pretend I'm smart enough to know the answers. But where is the line? And again, it just with this, it kind of pissed me off because in the world of acting, and let's face it, most of Hollywood is liberal. So like, I mean. I just don't think, like, you just have to look at that and be like, well, it's not malicious. It's actors trying to... Yeah, like, I don't blame the are... actors. That's why yeah, I don't blame the actors. Yeah. I blame, the, like, the studios and the casting, because, like, someone who changed the entire movie 21 to, like, a white cast, that's, like, a conscious decision. Yeah. You know? It's... I have a very unique perspective on this, being, like, a Latino, but a lot of people say I don't necessarily look Latino. Like, yeah. who... If if there never, I'm going to be clear, there never should be a movie about me. But theoretically, <laughs> if there's a movie about me, yeah, like they're going to get the guy that played Averman. <laughs> and see, and he's, I don't know, I don't know that guy, but maybe that guy would play me. I don't know. But the thing is, like, I, I hate race-based casting, yeah. no matter what. Just get the person who's going to do the job right. However, I get it in terms of there are plenty, I get to this thing. There are plenty of qualified actors who deserve a shot from every, not every, like, combination of, yeah. of, of race and nationalities, but there are plenty of, like, I'm not going to split hairs, because I don't know enough, theoretically, like, if there's an Asian character, 
and the, the character's Japanese, and he's played by somebody who's Chinese. Like, I don't know enough if that's offensive. I don't know. Well, it's the same thing as making like a like a good Star Wars movie. Now you need Star Wars nerds and the people that know a lot about about it <laughs> to make a good movie. The same thing, but like I mean, you know, and that's but as I said, that you you can't. I mean, or as we're saying, you can't blame the actors. And if you can find an actor that can do a good job, you know, like at, yes, but, but at the same hopefully time, not with like prosthetics and you know <laughs> no yeah hopefully yeah not not that but i mean also in the end of the day hollywood is like a business so then like you know like their their end their main goal is to make money so for them to go with knowing i mean that movie 21 that's not like like even if they just like kept kevin spacey but then it was like the kid from uh at the time like he just did across the universe i, his, <laughs> I forget his name what's his name yeah uh Neil but Hirsch? No, Hirsch? no, no, it's like Who's Jim, the guy? Jim, Jim. No, Emil Hirsch is the guy, like the speed racer guy. Yeah, let's see, twenty one film. Uh, but <laughs> that 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 was. Oh, this guy. Yeah, what is he's? I think he's Irish or British. Okay, let's see. I'm I'm gonna see him in the picture. There's Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis. Okay. So I mean, you know, like in that, like he really he he didn't have enough clout to like you know bring people you know for like box office or whatever. But also, you know, sometimes you are gonna do casting to get people to, you know, come to the movies. And I'm sorry, Aaron Yu, there's one Asian guy. I thought there was, but I didn't want to... That wasn't something I was going to get into. Uh, no, yeah, and, and I get that, but also, let's be honest, Hollywood has the power to elevate people. Yeah, They can make people stars. It's not about just, like, we need to put a star in this film. Um, if someone's qualified and someone's good enough and they give them the role, they're probably going to be a star regardless of... Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the look now is a less important than ever. You know, mm-hmm. before it was like a woman had to look a certain way, a man had to look a certain way yeah. in terms of like an action star had to look a certain way. Well, and that's and then Jake Gyllenhaal was doing action movies and yeah, you know. I mean, there's just that, and that's and that's just there's always as as shitty as you know right now might seem or just like as you know like at certain times the, there is always like progression they're like they're really like i mean at well, least let's it, hope, i right? mean well and that's especially i mean we're definitely like you can see it in i'll say it like at at the movies you can see yeah progression. and it's nice and i hope that if this podcast still is on the server in 10 years i hope this listen they listen to this conversation and they're like what are those guys talking about yeah like those guys yeah. sound racist as fuck that's progress and that's fine i'm not i'm trying to be as you know, uh, sympathetic as possible, yeah. but I'd like to think that 10 years from now, even the person I am now, like, the person I am in 10 years will look back at the person I am now and be like, wow, dude. Oh, we've had you, discussions you of things I'll even say, I'll, <laughs> that I've said that, like, in the past, that also I'm like, oh, wow. that's <laughs> that Absolutely. And there's going to be, and again, hopefully... That's why when, like, the singularity happens and the machines take over, yeah. and, like, they have written... Like, now it's scary that there are, like, online written records of probably, like, the stuff we've said online, oh, or in text. Horrible things of but, me. <laughs> <laughs> but when people actually, like... I bet you in, like, 20 or 30 years or even sooner, like, every word we say is going to be recorded somewhere because, like, our brains are going to be robots or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm obviously, be, <laughs> I'm obviously being, being silly. Yeah. But just, that's scary because, like... I think that people have room to grow. And I would like to think that I have room to grow and I have room to be 
more enlightened or woke, as the kids say these days. I think I have room for that. I think you have room for that. But if we get to a level where we have a better understanding of the like rest of people, we're going to look back at our old selves and be like, God, no one see that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Listen to this deep conversation that my dinner with Hervé has, has uh, you know, spawned. Because we're just we're just having dinner time chat. Yeah, dinner uh, time chat. And while this movie is called My Dinner with Hervé, there isn't like really like like that many food scenes. And also, since it's it's currently on HBO, so what I will say is watch it. If you don't have HBO, find someone that does. You know, everyone's sharing. Yeah, their passwords I mean the, right the the dinner is a scene. The know? dinner is a scene, but that I I will say watch the film in its entirety on its own. We'll, we'll, the scene we'll play today will be, uh, you know, during our famous food scene as far as clips go. So no no clips for my dinner with Hervé. Just go and and watch this and watch this film. The opening shot is dinner, right? Like, I wrote that down. Like, I think it's a food opening shot. But the big... He goes to dinner with him, as you yes. mentioned, and oh, we d- yes, there's, we we can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, are we allowed to jump in, or yeah, you want yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying like when he goes to dinner with him. Now, as you mentioned, they they send him to L.A. Mm-hmm. I think he's working at a paper in London or something. Yeah, I don't think it's an Irish paper. But... No, it's London. Yeah. Okay, and they send him to L.A. and he's got a. They ask him to squeeze in like a simple. Somewhat silly interview, Puff piece, yeah. yeah, with Hervé yeah. before he like rips into Gore Vidal afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like his, they want him. It's they say it's a hatchet job. Like they want to destroy him in that second Gore Vidal. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to kind of get over the dinner with Hervé, but Hervé's using this as his. I love it because he's so theatrical, but he. You could tell he can't pay for anything because, like, the car gets rejected yeah. and stuff. It's like I do like that he's eating oysters. I was we gonna bo- say we're both big oyster. I was, and he's shucking his own oysters. Shucking his own oysters. I was very Brian happy is that. a master shucker. I'm a master shucker. I am. There, there's very little things I brag about, and if you listen to my show, you know that there's very little <laughs> things I brag about, like of myself. Yes. The one thing I will say that I can beat any of you guys on, except for the guy who works at uh, what's the place in New Orleans. Oh, I thought you were going to say at uh, Upstate. Oh, that guy's good. The guy at Upstate's good. But I was thinking the best shucker I've ever seen was... Uh, what, why am I for- forgetting the famous place in New Orleans? Acme. Acme, right? Acme. Yeah. There's a guy at the front. He's usually the same guy at Acme mm-hmm. in the front. And he's like shucking, 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 shucking. I asked him once, and he said like he shucks thousands of oysters a day. That's crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like it's, cause the carpal tunnel. He goes in, shucks oysters, does his shift, and leaves. And yeah. you know, they serve... Oysters by in big platters. Yeah, there. by the dozens. Yeah. By the do- which they do in most places. But that guy's there's a line out the door in that place. Yeah, and it's mostly for the oysters. And everyone, like every table, everyone's getting oysters, whether they're grilled, fried, or. Next raw. time you're there, you should definitely check him out. You just walk in, go to your right, mm-hmm. and he he's like kind of an older guy, and he's just. Like like a machine gun with chucking yeah. these oysters. I'm not that good, but I can say uh, <laughs> among the common folk, among the non-professional shuckers. Yeah, it's it's like how often do do you shuck? <laughs> <laughs> once once or twice a summer, yeah. going out to uh, Long Island. <laughs> once or twice a summer, and I've I've ordered oysters. So on like yeah. fresh direct and stuff. So, so Tyrion Lannister is enjoying some oysters, <laughs> clams, and cockles. <laughs> oysters, clams, and cockles. If this yeah, is my show. That clip would drop. <laughs> 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 
But, okay, so here are the things to discuss in this film for me that I was like, wow, okay. I did not know he was an artist, and apparently a pretty acclaimed artist. Yeah. His, his art, yeah, like, I mean, that, well, that's even, like, the earliest, like, success we see for this character is his art. That's very, also, I love the way they introduce it. He's just having a woman pose. Yeah. Very Rose-like from Titanic. <laughs> Where and... you get one, your favorite HBO breasts. Not your favorite of all time, but your favorite thing about HBO. It's up there, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice... They appreciate... Yeah, and, and, and you know, he's he's an artist, and apparently he was a pretty acclaimed artist, and it seemed like his family wanted him to do that more Yeah. than the acting. Um, but he just... He wanted to chase that fame. Yeah. You know? it. I love the outrageousness of his character. So he, he's an artist. He gets beat up a lot, so he moves to New York. But to get that agent... He comes into his a, office with a knife. With a knife. And he has that knife throughout the movie. Throughout the movie, which, yeah. Which is great. <laughs> and he threatens <laughs> the agent with a knife. He gets the Bond role. The Bond scenes are cool. He gets... You can tell he doesn't have a lot of acting... Ex, not experience, but... Well, certainly when he gets that role. Yes. But he, he loves that celebrity. The weird thing in the movie, I think, is how he went... Well, I want to say weird, but I like it. How he's telling a story a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, it's not all factual. Not all true. Yeah, well, that, and that, those are, like, the like the heartbreaking moments of the film. To see that, you know, he first tells that his, you know, mom loved the uh, the opening night and, like, loved the, loved the role of the Golden Gun yeah. character. And then, you know... Truth be told, that like it ends up that she was absolutely devastated and you know and yeah. ran out of the theater. She seemed ashamed with him. Yeah. See, this is something that I actually like in this bi- biopic. It's what they call in literature. What is it like? Un. I don't know. I, we're not literature guys. Yet, I, I don't know how to read. <laughs> like something like unfaithful narrator mm-hmm. or some or. A narrator that you're necessarily not trusting. Why am I? Yeah, it's the exact opposite of like, uh, isn't it? In I mean, well, the title is Death of a Salesman, but then also like, <laughs> I mean, for for movie purposes, in American Beauty, doesn't he say like, I I I'm dead, or like, you know, it starts off by saying like, I was well, killed. Oh, like, that's omnipotent. Yeah, narrator. That's a little different. That's like. No, I know it's different, oh. but that's like I'm saying this is like the reverse. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's the reverse <laughs> in a sense of like, the voice is great but you don't know if you can necessarily trust them yeah and that's a great that's a great tool in books it's probably called like loki or something (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's a great tool i think if you want to escape the trope of the bad bio biopic because in the biopics something that's criticized a lot is they all go the same you know someone with talent Mm -hmm. turns into a broken person gets redeemed we like them again. Yeah. You know? And that certainly doesn't happen here, which is, I don't want to say nice because it's sad because it ends in a suicide. But yeah. it's something that's true and real. And it's a way, though, to tell a story that might not be 100% factual. But, how can I put it? But it's okay to not tell a factual story because you're getting it from a certain point of view. Not to quote mm-hmm. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it's called the Obi Wan. <laughs> the Obi Wan, yeah. <laughs> the Kenobi. And you see this throughout the film, and but it's cool because you, you're seeing these stories play out, but you're no, you know that they can't be 100 percent true because even our we're seeing things through the eyes of this reporter, and he's not believing this bullshit. 
No, yeah, he's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Danny is not, like, putting up with this a lot. Like, it's after, even then, I mean, Hervé says to him, like, why'd you come back? And he doesn't admit that the mess up with Gore Vidal. Yeah, so, you know, for, if you didn't see it, <laughs> Gore Vidal, like, he gets the, because of Hervé's antics mm-hmm. and, like, prolonging the conversation. Yeah. He, he delays him. And yeah, he gets to Gorvidal late, late and Gorvidal basically says, fuck you, and they send another reporter to do the interview. Yeah. That's kind of why he also goes back. What I do love about the reporter character is that he, he's being, you know, he's not drinking. He's what, not, he's like three weeks sober, something like that? It's Yeah, I think it's a month sober. Trip. Okay, a month yeah. sober. And he's going on this crazy adventure with Hervé in his limo, Limo he can't pay for. They go to that strip club where he's like throwing dollars at the women. Yeah, and he's paying for the women to give Danny lap dances and like even Danny takes a sip of beer and that's mm-hmm. when he freaks out. Yeah, and it, it's it's like a it's a nightmare for Danny in a sense that like he can't go through with his vices and you have a a guy that just, is just the epitome of yeah, a vice. vice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a vice. But then the movie gets so sad because, like, it, it becomes obvious that the reason that he's telling him all these things is basically he's just trying to create a legacy for himself to kill himself. Well, it's exactly, and so do, the, at least the way we don't know, we don't know this for sure, but like the way the film portrayed it, do you think that he had made the decision like before? knowing that this interview is happening because he says to him, I mean, then he says to him, what, well, you know, like, Oh, come to my room. You know, like I, it, it, the movie makes it seem like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's something, you know, I've someone who's touched by suicide in my own life. Um, but we can also like foodie films related someone like Anthony Bourdain. You yeah. Know? Um, there was always like a darkness there, but we, when you're not there and you're not in that brain, it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say. Like it's, I think, since we're talking about the movie, I think the movie definitely portrays it like that he had some kind of idea that maybe it wasn't he wasn't going to do it right away like that. Yeah, just kind of see how the nights, the meeting Danny would go, and just that <laughs> interview would go. I think in a sense that he, it's probably something that he had contemplated a lot. Yeah, and something that I don't think anyone. Stopped to interview him in years. Yeah, he said. Yeah, the last interview was back during while he was on Fantasy Island, which is crazy, you know. Um, and then I, th- I just think that he, like, it, it's th- the article and what becomes a book, is essentially his suicide mm-hmm. note. You know, this is why I did the things in my life. Like that's like. That's his legacy, kind of. The story has a bit of, like, uh, a Christmas Carol-esque, you know, revisiting... I mean, it's... You know, he, I mean, he goes to Marty at one point. Yeah. But it is the... Via showing the past, a bit of, yeah, a Christmas Carol-esque. I think... It, not, I mean, he was a complete dick, obviously, Hervé, but I think it was really sad, like, the brief marriage and divorce he had. Yeah, well, there was... I mean, he's just a character that... I mean, do... I mean, it seemed like... Well... His dad was kind of, I, I wrote, I was just like, he was just like a weird, like, 
scientists like you know like evil <laughs> like like putting like the the dad like and he had like lamb's blood being like put into their bodies <laughs> to try to fix his height and the mom never showed him like any any love so he's just a character that was craving love love yeah and create and 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 attention and so he thought you know that you know I mean, he was going to seek it out via becoming you know the biggest version you know not Physically, but just like in this realm of just and, and that's definitely actor. why he switched from like painter to actor. Yeah, because like that's what he said. He would just watch TV and be like, "I need to be on that." Yeah, yeah he arrived to America, and for like the first month, he just like watched TV he shows. Learned English, right? Yeah, I thought it was sad too that like you could tell that like I don't know. This is how she's portrayed. I don't know how it is in real life. But it was the makeup person on Fantasy Island or someone like that. Yeah, that he ends up makeup, with. Yeah, and it's sad that he like he was still with her when he did that. Yeah, there like, was the, that's the whole th- like, and that's and that's why you can still you can never. I mean, to bring it back to Bourdain, I mean, he's a a, a man that has, a, I mean, an award winning show, and he's just kind of like the voice of food and just. I mean, just creating great content, and we even know that he was, like, working, you know, just had so many things, like, in front of him, and then I was, I mean, he got, he got divorced, but, he, I mean, he had he had his daughter, and you just think, like, oh, like, that's, like, a great life that I would l- want to live, and then he unfortunately felt that he needed to take his own life, and I think in the case with... Hervé, even though he had this love, that still, that wasn't enough. But then he was, I mean, he's someone that became, like, his own worst enemy. Absolutely. Not to make this a very special episode of Foodie Films, but, like, it, it reminds me, like, this is November, which is Movember. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the causes of Mo- and Movember is not just prostate cancer anymore. Um, it's just... One of the wider things, it's just men's health concerns, and one of the bigger, like, men's health concerns is that, like, men don't share enough with men, if that makes sense, you know? Men don't share enough, and men don't share enough in general. In general, in general, yeah, that's a better way to put it. And it's, there's a whole, like, macho thing, that if you're, like, hurting, or if something's bothering you, just be a man, keep it inside, you know? And uh, it's a shame, and I I would AKA Irish. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just challenge... Men out there, I guess, just, like, share more of what you're going through. It's a challenge for me. I'm sure it's a challenge for you because we grew up in a – believe it or not, we're not old, old. (laughs) You know, we're we're 30 on the wrong side of 30, I guess. (laughs) We're 30. Um, But I I think we grew up in a time where, like, men were not supposed to just share their feelings like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that can change. Hopefully, uh, I hope my children, I don't have children, but I hope one day when I have children that they're more open and honest. And it's definitely, it's definitely, it's a society problem, but it's definitely a big problem with men that it's like, that's not macho, you know, that's not, you're not a tough guy, grow up baby kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's, hey. I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but I, uh, on our trip in Texas, when there was like, there was a group of seven of us <laughs> and I had, I, I had a, uh, a, a personal, uh, thing, <laughs> a personal thing that I was going through and all six of my friends that were there gave experiences of their own, uh, hardships in this, uh, certain category that they had gone through and that 
And that meant a lot to me, and that was everyone was very open to that moment because they saw how upset and vulnerable I was at that moment. So that was a very special and ne- and a, a needed uh, moment of uh, to you know console. See, and even me laughing about it is like not. La- I wasn't. I'm not laughing. Well, at you're you. you're also laughing because of the ambiguity. I'm. Yeah, yeah. That no, I just want. That's why I want to be clear. No, no, like, no, I, was no just, I, I just said not, something, yeah, and then I'm yeah. like. My people on the outside might no, think it's that because I'm I, because laughing I, I don't, at yeah. you, and I'm yeah. not laughing at you. No, yeah. no, it's, it's because of the ambiguity. I'll yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But no, but no. it's true. You're right, and it's like it's related to this film, and I know not something we usually talk about on foodie films, but it's something that's uh, like that's like the next frontier, like yeah, of it, I don't know. It's well, it the is, male psyche in society. No, but it is also very related to food because then that's also how a lot of people get into eating disorders. Oh my god! Whether it's too much Absolutely. or too little. Absolutely. I um, you know, I, I had a pretty rough week last week, and I noticed when I have a rough week, I just crave the bad food. Yeah, crave uh, the bad. Yeah, and you're a you're a a picker. Yes. Like you know. Sometimes, I, yeah. I could be eating t- small things 24-7. Yeah. You know, not like meals, but if there was just, if there was a table. The negative side of tapas culture. <laughs> the, the, the dark side no, of the tapas. The, the, the pl- I would have to take a siesta if we were in true tapas culture, but I wouldn't be taking siesta. It would just be going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and food, food is comfort. Food is great. Food is something to share and talk about, but it can also, there's a dark side of food. Yeah. You know, there's a dark side of food. It's like everything beautiful in life, if you do too much or too little of it, you got to find that good food balance. It's some, similar, it's so weird, but similar to what we're talking about the beer. The beer, know? I was just going to say, and that's what it still comes, like, and that's, as, and that's frivolous. That is, that is, we're in Austin, and I'm like, let's just keep it, you know, none of, mo- most of the people, only two of us had been to Austin before, and so I'm like, oh, let's try to do as much as possible, and so that's just, you know, it's frivolous, is enjoying a, you know, a bachelor party weekend of just, but then you take that and you see that we're then also saying, you know, just pace yourself in general and enjoy things because of, for life and for your own health betterment. Absolutely, so, absolutely, and it's, it's, yeah, no. I mean, food is great. Drinks are great. But look at the conversations that my <laughs> dinner with Hervé. We we gotta. And you guys can expect this from the entire my dinner series yes. on the Foodie Films podcast. No, because it's 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 conversation. You know? It is conversation. This is yeah. This. I feel like when you decide, I might be putting words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like when you decided to make this podcast foodie films it was more about the celebration of food in films rather than a film analysis front to back thing you know yeah you, it's well, the you conversations yeah. that film spar- sparks and the conversations that food sparks well i'm so glad that i have you as a guest for this episode because you could even see like i was just like oh is there anything and you're like yeah there's more i want to say about this film because sometimes I, 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 that's even my own that something i want to work on even for this podcast is just that there is plenty to talk about, and you can always find you know conversation and meaningful things in th- in in a, an HBO movie, you know. And absolutely. So, thank you for that, Brian. One of the most last thing, if you want, about this film, one of the most sobering and sad things, and something I've personally gone through in this film, is when he gets the phone call 
basically, and he doesn't know him well, but he knew, he just spent time with yeah. him. Yeah. When he gets the phone call that like Hervé took his own life, mm-hmm. like what? It just it's a, it's a terrible feeling. Yeah, you know, it's a terrible feeling, and especially imagine the weight on him knowing that. At the end of the day, he's a human being, and a human being who just gave his unique story, but just gave his story to him and then took his own life. That's why when you see the superficiality of just like the press, I guess when he walks in and he's like, he, the his boss is like, great story, but cut it down. Yeah. And he essentially is like, no, fuck you, and then he writes a book. And clearly, that guy became the director of this film, so he's successful. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, well, that's that's not the way the the story should have been told. And I'm glad that happened because I'm sure there's so many times where it's like. The person just listens to their boss and like doesn't tell that story. Yeah, it's it. That's that goes beyond well, just like ratings and or not. What's rating? Um, paper buys, I guess. No, no, yeah, but I mean, no, but that's even again. That's we are living. We're living in a culture now that there are people that are uh, brave and then admitting that they've gone through these terrible experiences so that it can hopefully sooner than later come to an end as far as, you know, uh, emotional or physical uh, abuse in the workplace or anything, you know, of illegal sexual nature or anything like that. And that's, I mean, this is something that on a smaller level that they decided to write about this character. So, I mean, maybe the director didn't go through this, but from something ugly uh, of Hervé taking his own life, it allowed at least this character of Danny to move on and, you know, become his own man again and decide to write this book. And hopefully whether he, that character in this uh, fictional world gets back with his wife or just makes him a better man again and makes him uh, stronger and not give in to temptations of alcohol or any kind of uh, vice like that, hopefully, you know, that can be something good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, like this movie, it's it's good in that sense. Like I think it really shows that kind of. It's a good human story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a good human story, and I mean, a lot of raw human emotions in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Is it like I said? It's not my favorite HBO film. But I thought the performances were really good. I really hope Peter Dinklage is nominated for an Emmy in this category as well. That would be great. I mean, he has Emmys galore, but I would be shocked if he didn't get Emmy for an Emmy nomination at least. I don't. I'd have to see all the miniseries or not miniseries. What is? Is there a TV? There must be a TV movie category. There has to be. Yeah, yeah because because uh, there's for documentaries. So. Michael Douglas won. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, whatever TV. Oh, it might be that. Might be mini. That and miniseries might be in the. Same. Oh yeah, they do that. They do stuff like that, which is stupid. Yeah. But like, I I hope I hope Peter Dinklage is nominated for that because at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's a really good actor and he's been he's been in other stuff now and he's like he doesn't have a problem landing roles. I'll definitely be seeing him again in the future with foodie films with uh, the station agent. Mm. I'll cover that. While it's not incredibly again, no, I take I a, take liberties with it, but that's a great film. Café con leche. Yeah, café con leche. <laughs> Bobby kind of all should get carte blanche on this show in terms of even if his movies don't have food yeah he's such like a food guy yeah just like the, 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 yeah he just oozes food culture <laughs> it's true oh i love bobby kind of because he's got two great food cultures in him yeah italian and italian oh, good good stuff good stuff all right well m- moving on and well again hbo 
My Dinner with Hervé. Check it out. Definitely, I recommend it. And it's a, it's a film I'm, I know I'll definitely watch again. Would you Would you say this? Oh, one? absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a film that, like, I, I can't wait for my mother to watch it. Because, <laughs> no, it sounds weird, but, like, we, you and I both don't have a lot of Hervé knowledge. And we probably have more than most people. Mm-hmm. But someone my mother's age definitely was around when Fantasy Island yeah. was a show and stuff. So. Was around and probably saw magazine articles about him and just like... Yeah, you know, and it's it's like, all right, you have to do it. You have to do one of his signature, again, of his signature. You I did it before. You well, did no. it before. You have to do I it. I did it before, know, but now we it. had this beautiful, <laughs> deep conversation. The plane, oh. the plane. I can't do it well because... But that is one of the most iconic lines in TV history. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that is, like, the plane, the plane is such a great line. And uh, if anything, he's going to be remembered for that line. But the funny thing is, a lot of actors would have been, like, ashamed about that. He loved, according to this movie, he loved, like, saying it and getting currency out of it. Yeah. Like, even later in his life. (laughs) Yeah, he was just upset, like, when seeing how much money they were making from him that he wasn't getting paid even more. Yeah. Like the lunch from the all the merchandise. Oh, God. So I've been... It's a little side note. It's going to be very quick. I promise. I'm not going to take too much time. <laughs> but, like, I've been uh, listening to two of my favorite wrestlers, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. They have a uh, uh, wrestling toys figure podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't collect toys, but I had a lot of these toys as a kid. So I've been like looking more at like eBay and like toy collecting. Like, shit, I had that. Or <laughs> lunch boxes from like seventy shows. If I ever like become a multimillionaire, I'm collecting lunch boxes from seventy shows. That like those Fantasy Island lunch boxes are amazing. Yeah, like a Brady Bunch lunch box and like that kind of stuff. Like toy collecting is interesting and a little bit strange, but that's one thing where if you look it up, like when after this episode. We finish. Look <laughs> up, like, toy lunchboxes from, like, 70s Wasn't shows. there that miniseries on HBO that covered... Uh, not HBO, Netflix? They did lunchboxes in one of the episodes? I don't know. I, know I they didn't did, see the like, second Star season. Star Wars figures. I know they did Barbies. The first yeah. season I saw. I yeah. gotta see the second season. That is a that is a great show. Did you yeah. watch the Star Wars one? I watched the Star Wars. That's the only yeah. one I watched. <sighs> great episode. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, again, check it out. My Dinner with Hervé. And this is my dinner with Brian. Uh, part one. Part one. Of seven. No, of seven. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe they'll A seven-course meal with so, Brian. Yeah. The aperitif right now. <laughs> no, that's after. I don't know. I don't know my course. Aperitif is before. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What's the... F- of the seven courses, what are they called? Let's see. Seven courses. And you can... Caught me looking at this. <laughs> okay. Six course is the traditional. I'm sorry. A full dinner is a six-course meal. Okay. Hors d'oeuvres. Yes. Soup. Fish, salad, main course, dessert. Yeah. Are like the English translations. Seven course meal. Oh, I found it. Okay. Is hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Sul tavolo, which means on the table. I wonder what that is. Yeah, what's under that? This is more, apparently Italians do seven course meals. Yeah. So hors d'oeuvres, I said sul tavolo. We'll look it up. Antipasti. Yeah. Pasta. Main course. Cheese. Dessert. I feel like there was more than seven there. <laughs> oh, the pasta doesn't count? 
Pasta doesn't count. It's count as a cleanser. Only the Italians would yeah, not count pasta because it's just a sin. You know, <laughs> just slides down their gullet. Sul tavolo is counted. Sul yeah. tavolo is. I got. I got to look this up. This is foodie films appropriate. <laughs> I see a cat on a table, so I don't know what that means. Whatever. Oh, just a portion of cheese. What a nice idea that is. Well, mo- moving on, let's uh, go to the famous foods, famous food scene segment. And Brian, I've I've decided to make this special th- these ones for you. There are just so many scene food scenes that we enjoy together. So I, I've I've taken just like these the the scenes we've discussed before that we love. And so you're all you're going to be happy with. You know anyone that you pick. Good, that's, good. That's, I'm glad. But I still want it to be a little, a little random. A, a little random. Yes. So just right now, go ahead and pick. Uh, go ahead and pick one of those uh, pieces of paper. Why is the paper wet? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. It's a no. Actually, oh, this I should have written on pieces of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, zucchini. No, what's the what's the zucchini? <laughs> zoodle. So you had a zoodle. No, a zoodle a, is a pasta zoodle? made out of zucchini. Oh, okay. I've had a zoodle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting to talk about this scene my whole life. <laughs> I can honestly say that. This is a scene we discuss at almost every birthday party. We've made it a point now <laughs> at parties when there's a cake to show people yes. the cake. And it says Godfather 2 cake scene. Yes. And I'm assuming it's the high room... High, I know what it is. Okay. Yes. It, it, so, without I further ado, yeah. the Godfather 2 cake scene. Oh, I hope my age is correct. I'm always accurate about my age. Uh, make sure that everybody sees the cake before we cut it. <clears throat> I'm very pleased you're all able to come from such distances to be with me today. When a man comes to this point in his life, he wants to turn over the things he's been blessed with, turn them over to friends as a reward for the friends he's had, and to make sure that everything goes well after he's gone. Not for years. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? These are wonderful things that we've achieved in Havana. And there's no limit to where we can go from here. This kind of government knows how to help business, to encourage it. The hotels here are bigger and swankier than any of the rough joints we put in Vegas. And we can thank our friends in the Cuban government, which has put up half of the cash with the Teamsters on a dollar-for-dollar basis has relaxed restrictions on imports. What I'm saying is that we have now what we have always needed, real partnership with the government. Smaller piece. You all know Michael Corleone, and we all remember his father. At the time of my retirement, or death, I turn over all my interest in the Havana operation to his control. But. All of you will share. The Nacional will go to the Lakeville Road Boys. The Capri to the Corleone family. The Sevilla Biltmore also, but Eddie Levine of Newport will bring in the Panino brothers, Dino and Eddie, 
for a piece and also to handle the actual casino operations. And we've saved the piece for some friends uh, in Nevada uh, to make sure that things go smooth back home. Uh, I want all of you to enjoy your cake. So, enjoy. Everyone, enjoy your cake. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene so much. So Godfather 2 may be the greatest film of all time. I love these killers just getting past cake. cake. <laughs> you know my favorite part, the fact that he wants everyone to see the cake before it's cut. Yes. That's the great Lee Strasberg, the acting teacher of the greatest actors in the world. Um, you what know. a, yeah. And he's... He's great in this role of, of Hiram Roth. He was nominated. A lot of people were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I think De Niro technically won. Is De Niro as actor or Best Supporting Actor? De Niro won for actor. Because Best Actor, okay. Yeah, because, right? Cause Best then... Supporting Actor, Godfather 2. I know he. I know Lee Strasberg was nominated. Because that's the only role that d- two different actors won for... I know it's the only role two different actors won for the playing the same character. I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily actor or supporting actor. I don't know if they count as that. Let's see. I'll look it up right now. No, De Niro won Best Supporting Actor. Okay. So, gotcha. which is, you know, if you think about it, I know the film's called The Godfather, the original, but it's Michael's story. It is Michael's. Well, because he becomes the Godfather. Yes. So if, uh, what's his name, Marlon Brando won for Best Actor, I feel like he probably should have won for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And Michael should have been the one nominated. But three people for The Godfather 3 were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. You rarely see that. Robert De Niro, who won. Lee Strasberg, who's nominated. And Michael V. Gazzo. You know who that is? It's the one who's like, Mike, yeah. you, my <laughs> you brought my brother here. <laughs> oh, but that scene, that scene. Just the cake looks delicious, by the way. Yes. That's a good cake. That's a good, like... It's a good Cuban... Cake. Oh, yeah, it has like the yellow Cuba on it. I think yeah, not green, just because it has lettering. the yellow Cuba on it. Yeah. it says his birthday, but yeah. like the filling, you know, you have, you have a good like. I'm always like, accurate about my age. <laughs> yeah, always like everyone enjoy oh, the cake. Yeah, <laughs> small piece. Yes, he sees it so because it's you know what it is. He's it's just so, a man in power. It's, yeah. But it's so real. Yeah, you know that that happens at these. You don't usually see them in films, but. This is equivalent. Like a grandpa. You know? Well, this is equivalent. So again, it's like gangsters eating cake. This is the equivalent of like when people are like, you know, superhero movies like seeing them go to the bathroom or sleep. Like, yeah, it's no, like, it's true. It's such a it's moment. Humanizing. Him. Yeah, and it serves great in the movie because he's trying to depict himself as a frail man who doesn't have a lot of years left. Yeah, and Michael even says it in the film. Like, well, yeah, he's just like, oh, the doctors tell me otherwise. Yeah. But Michael even says in the film that like his plan is just to get Michael out of the picture because he thinks he's never gonna die. Yeah, we, oh, it's so good, such a good movie. And again, not okay. This is the best scene in the film. No, <laughs> but anytime you and I see a cake together, yeah. at a party, it's just. <laughs> I've even had people pass around the cake to make you laugh to see it, you know. And I said to you while we were watching this this clip, I'm like, if you don't one day present me with this, I cake, wanted this is the whole thing. I wanted to on your thirtieth, but we went to Chicago. <laughs> I was like, that was... That's not a gangster city? That was a deep... Yeah, but like it was hard to... I'm not going to like find like a bakery before I go to like make a custom <laughs> When we go to Cuba together, we'll yes. do it. <laughs> oh, oh, what, again, what a great scene. Um, if you're a film person, you know what scene we're talking about. Yeah. It, it's just one of... A humanizing 
humanizing scene. And I like when he's like, the hotels down in Cuba are swankier. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be Ken Burns style, but it could be. I would like to see like a beginning to now documentary on Miami. Because you have to say, it's one of the more fascinating cities. Just the changing the of South Beach and yeah. like the different cultures yeah. that have like claimed it as their spot for a you while. You and I, guilty or not guilty pleasure, the birdcage. Not a guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> Godfather 2, the birdcage. Oh, I'm one. sorry. Visual. visual. <laughs> that was a visual. I put, you know, did the hand thing. Godfather 2 up there. Birdcage bird right cage. below. Godfather, Godfather 1. one. <laughs> <laughs> so now having you on as a, a repeat guest, I have the... We Actually, on your episode, we dubbed it Gut Instincts. So thank Gut you. Instincts, th- thank yes. th- th- you, know, you. I inspire. You inspire, yes. And uh, I've discovered that I, I'm... You know, like I added another question to Gut Instincts, so I'll ask you that new question. And for, But for repeat guests, I just have this one, um, like question that maybe will inspire a conversation or it could be a brief answer whatever whatever you want it to be. I do like cheese whiz on my cheese stick. Yes. It's not a real cheese but it tastes better that way. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Ooh, I don't necessarily okay. Back in the day. Yes. I don't necessarily like eating while I'm watching the movie but I've learned to control myself better in terms of like Eating is a bad way. I don't like drinking a big beverage while I'm watching a movie because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom. Sure. So, but if I get stuff, I want to. Especially yeah, you know? a tub of popcorn. You're I get thirsty. Need that soda. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I say that, I usually didn't get anything, so I yeah. wouldn't be like, I have to run out. Yeah. We have a friend who shall remain nameless who ran out in the middle of the new Star Wars because he had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Not cool. Not okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> However, with the recent trend of Alamo draft houses and more movie theaters. Ah, yes, yeah. What's up? I, you know, I, I had the meals. I've had that kind of stuff. But I'm going back to just like a good buttered popcorn, as weird as it is. Yeah. As a kid, probably like Sour Patch Kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But I like a good movie theater buttered popcorn. At Alamo, they have... Uh, wow, I sound like I work there, but at Alamo, they have like a bottomless... <laughs> this episode's brought to you by HBO and Alamo Draft <laughs> <laughs> It's not TV. It's boobs. Um, great shirt. Great shirt. <laughs> I, uh, no, you know, like, they have the bottomless popcorn at Alamo Draft House? Yeah. You get the most bang for your buck on that. That's and it's great. good. And it's good. Were you ever... Did you ever put any can... You know, some people put M&Ms into the popcorn? You no, I never even heard of that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Now. I could see how that would be something, but... On, when I used to take, when you know, back in my single days of taking the ladies to the movies, <laughs> way back when, I used to get Twizzlers a lot. Oh. I feel like that's a good, like, Both, sh- did you do the lady in the tramp thing? Is <laughs> yes, that what you're exactly. talking about? <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a good sharing candy. There's some bad red robe licorice. <laughs> yeah. That's a food scene. Red robe licorice. <laughs> oh, man. See, see, I just inspire here. Yeah, yeah. red robe. Red robe licorice. Right home fries. We said that often. Oh, now. yeah. Home fries, yeah. <laughs> Um, that is a that's a that's a good no that 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 I love the big metal bowl that they bring mm-hmm. to you at Alamo Draft House and uh, and it's and they refill it and they refill it it's yeah. bottomless so bottomless. that's great I do like back to beer people are gonna think I'm an alcoholic but if you really listen to what I said you'll realize that I'm not <laughs> um, I, Alamo Draft House is a draft house because they have good Whoa. beer you know <laughs> like and I I don't understand people getting plastered to see a movie because I actually want to pay attention. Like, they have, like... So they do make cool cocktails for particular movies. Mm-hmm. Um, me and some friends went to go see The Isle of Dogs. Oh, okay. 
uh, whenever that was out in the theaters, Alan yeah. Draft us, and they made something in like a beaker that looked like the serum in the movie to cure the dogs. Oh, so that was really cool. Yeah. You could take the like the beaker home. Oh, cool. Um, and I I like stuff like that. And that's that's something that like this is getting bougie, but Alamo Draft House will do specific food or drink for the film. Yeah, and that's always fun to try. But like a regular theater, just give me a good buttered popcorn, yeah. um, and, and and I'm good to go. Well, so then this is the this is the official question I'm asking for you know uh, people that are for the second time that they've been on the show, and that question is, and it's actually kind. Of, I don't mind Hawaiian pizza. I know a lot of people hate it, but <laughs> I whatever ham it's, good, pineapple good, and it's it's appropriate for the the film that we've uh, discussed. Who's your dream dinner guest? Living and dead, and any that's what. Manzi was the first one, and then, and his right away he said Nick Cage, and I said it could be anyone from throughout time. That's really, really tough, really, really tough. I'd like to have dinner with Freddie Mercury again. We just saw yeah, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We have our feelings on that, but you could share that perhaps sometime else when there's more time. <laughs> um, Freddie Mercury would be on that list. I was thinking Theodore Roosevelt. But Theodore Roosevelt didn't drink. Oh yeah, he had beer in college. He got hungover. Said he was never drinking again. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because you see him as a, a drinker, wimp. right? <laughs> no, because he was so. Theodore Roosevelt was so um, such a determined guy. Yeah, he would read like a book in two days, like a huge books. So he's like, if I drink, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah, which I always found fascinating. Yeah, very um, driven, competitive man. But I would, I might still pick Theodore Roosevelt just to talk with him because that's certainly an eater. Yeah. You know, we don't need to... Go hunting together. (laughs) I don't know if I'd do that, but (laughs) it's for the preservation of the animals that he hunts. (laughs) Um, So, Freddie Mercury, Theodore Roosevelt, David Bowie. um, No no Mets players? Uh, If I had to pick a Mets player, I'd probably pick Keith Hernandez. But I don't really... I like watching them play baseball. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not like... I don't watch them for their personalities, you know? (laughs) Um, but Keith Hernandez would be cool. Like, I don't think a dinner with Mike Piazza, I love Mike Piazza, huge Mike Piazza guy, maybe my favorite player of all time, but if I could have dinner with Mike Piazza, I would. If I'm going to pick one person, I don't think it would be that interesting. Like, I try the wine, I'm Italian, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, um, it's definitely on that list. Uh, You know, there's so many great people in history. I'm reading a book on Karen Carpenter, but that's in poor taste if I said that. Um, tough, tough question. It's a tough question. You know, actually, you know who I'm going to say is crazy. Does this person, do I assume that this person just like has a drink, has food, and we just talk? They're not just like, oh, I'm eating with you because I have to. No, yeah, there's, there's, for some there's a, a bit of like a just kiss that of enjoyment. You know? Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is yeah. going to be crazy, somewhat controversial answer. And all these other people probably would rank ahead of them, but if you want to say living person, because I think everyone I mentioned was dead. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, David Bowie, <laughs> <Freddie> Mercury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe Prince, too. That'd be fun. Yeah. But living person, it's going to sound crazy, Vince McMahon. Oh, Like WWE yeah. president Vince McMahon. And he's talking to me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a huge wrestling mark in terms of story and stuff Mm -hmm. if you want to this is like inside baseball stuff right now like we're talking i wouldn't say it on my podcast because i like the uh the illusion of my own podcast but the one of the most influential things in my own podcast is wrestling 
Um, it, we don't, it doesn't get talked a lot about. It doesn't get. Like, I like the idea that people can be like Stone Cold Steve Austin is a character. Yeah. But he's still Stone Cold Steve Austin. But he's also a person who could be different than that. You know. <laughs> and I would just, I, you know, wrestling has taught me so much about story. Believe it or not, what to do and what not to do. Yeah. I would love to just have a sit down with Vince McMahon and be like. What happened here? Yeah. What yeah. did you do that? What was the plan for this? Mm-hmm. Because even now today, he's the end-all, be-all boss of that company. Every creative story goes through him. Wow. Imagine creating... Not Triple H. Triple H has... Well, I mean, well, you know what I'm saying. He has, say, like NXT, which is like their, their um, kind of like their minor league brand, for those of you who don't know, which is it's great. But the end-all, be-all is still Vince McMahon. He hasn't like really seceded creative power. He'll get people's advice and they'll put people in the room and stuff. But nobody, I, this is going to sound crazy, in the history of television has had that much creative control over that many hours of television, specific on one product. You yeah. Because they, they have two shows, they have multiple shows, but they have two shows on TV every week, one's three hours, one's two hours. How many storylines are on each show? I'm not saying they're all good. There are some really bad ones. Yeah. But what a... This guy has built a world around a fictional sports league for years. <laughs> That's just, it's mind-boggling, and it's amazing. And he's, How many characters has that person created? Like, That's pretty, yeah, he's a very creative individual. It's, it's mind-boggling, you know? Well, I, you know, what would, I, I would love just thinking about that, like, ask him, like, you, you, you don't have this, what would you want to do? You know, like what, like what in his Start mind? Start the XFL, I suppose. Yeah. Well, he's restarting it, so yeah. I guess football. You know, but like, I'm just, I guess, a more like, or just like, or like, what he's in, like, what do you say? Like, oh, I love to paint. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like, apparently is he's still, like so is he very accru- on wrestling, is he, yeah, that he doesn't like even pay too much attention to other pop culture. Oh, okay, because he just think yeah. how many hours you have to do that. He's created a world. He's God. He he is a God yeah. in a sense. Yeah, like he's the. I don't. I was gonna say he's the closest thing to God, but that's gonna be taken <laughs> out of context. But he's the closest thing to a God yeah. that we have. So him know? and George Lucas. George Lucas is cre- like he's a universe creator that's still ongoing. George Bri- Lucas, universe creator. But Brian, would you like some uh, <laughs> chicken? You, you know who's someone on not on a Vince McMahon level that I don't really care to talk. No, I w- I would like to have dinner with this guy, Lauren Michaels, at, uh, SNL. You know? Oh, Brian, hello. <laughs> Right. Apparently, Brian. Lauren Michaels' voice is the Doctor Do- Evil. Doctor Evil. That Dana so, Carvey got mad. Yes. Really. <laughs> so yeah. So that's that's my answer. Dead. I have a couple, a group of people. Yeah. So Living. so yeah. like eventually, this question I know is going to evolve to guest dinner party. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. That'd be cool. And and I feel bad not picking a, a woman on there. Um, I have to think. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There no, you go. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, I look, I like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Live forever, please. But this cult around Ruth Bader Ginsburg makes me nervous. Yeah. Because like, oh, you're gonna have a movie, you're gonna die soon, and then Trump's gonna replace you with somebody else. You know, like don't, don't die, don't die, Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg. But like, I don't like. Uh, yeah. I'm a government apologist. In the same major. year, there's a big documentary and then a big narrative film. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, again, I'm I'm a government politics major. I'm very into that government politics, and I don't like the idea of idolizing on both sides Supreme Court justices. Yeah. I think they need to be like down the line. I don't think they need cults around them. But that's that's another story. And that movie doesn't look that bad. You know, it just no. look, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, what's the movie called? 
I know the documentary was called RBG. On the Basis of Sex is the name of the movie. Oh. I don't think it's a very sexual film, if that's what you're thinking. No, I saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it's got what's-her-name from Rogue One. It, yeah, I, and I like her. It looks better than that... Felicity... Sti- Felicity... Uh, I was going to say Felicity Hoffman. Felicity yeah. Jones. <laughs> um, it looks better than that stupid Barack Obama movie that Netflix did, Barry. Barry. I didn't see it. That that movie looked like trash, and no one's talking about it, so I'm assuming it was trash. Because <laughs> that, that's silly. Stop, like... I. This is another thing, and I know, I know I'm just ranting too long, but this is another thing I don't like. Films of people who are living, and yeah. we, like, idolize them. Like, we're, we put... We make gods of living people before mm-hmm. we know what their legacy's truly gonna be. It's true. Yeah. Don't like it. Well... Brian, thank you so much for coming on to Foodie Films once again. We had a very, uh, this is just uh, always fun talking, you know, and obviously we're friends and we talk in general, but talking these movies and talking on podcasts is such a great time. Let's uh, make sure to fully plug your podcast and our uh, joint venture again. So This felt more like, and this is going to, it's going to sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but... It felt more like a Pete Holmes style today. You know, yeah. Where we're just like, that, that's your dream. So Yeah. You made, you made it weird, my favorite podcast. <laughs> and I did make it a little weird by saying that. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. High School Slumber Party. <laughs> Definitely tune in this Friday because Kyle will be on. This is our joint venture. It's fair to say that if you're a fan of the Cage Club Podcast Network that I do more of these cross-promotion things. Oh, than, wait more. I need Kyle. to. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair to say. I'm not a good team player. I, I, I don't I, say I've, I don't say no. No, this is the whole thing. I don't say no to things, but I'm definitely like I will be like not active if someone doesn't reach out to me. And you, because you've reached out to a lot of podcasts and you've been on them and have had them as guests. The one I would say cross promotion you had was by accident <laughs> with waitress that it came out oh, like, yeah. around the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is completely not planned, but it was yeah, not. it was good because like that was like your first one, but this is something. I mean, we're just a natural cross promotion because we obviously hosted a show together. But if you guys are just listening to this and you haven't heard my show, High School Slumber Party, we have a fun time. We talk about films that take place in high school or take place with high schoolers. Mm-hmm. I've diverted a little in a sense. Well, we did 8th grade, but there's a high school scene in that. Yeah. But that still has a lot of the same things we talk about. And we'll, in, in some schools, eighth graders are in high school. Like, yeah. Fair. Yeah. No, so we'll be doing some films that take place over the summer and some uh, in a high school years. And even some films we'll do that take place right after high school ends. But mostly it's those classic high school films. And we're going to save some good ones. We haven't done films like Can't Hardly Wait or yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You or Ferris Bueller. We haven't done any of those yet. But we've done some really good films. And it, it's been an awesome, awesome journey. And... I'm redoing my high school. I'm redoing it right. <laughs> but more importantly, um, we need to plug PSS. Yeah. I love Hoffman. Yes, that's uh, so. Again, our our new joint venture, our the Philip Seymour Hoffman rewatch. Rewatch. So, if you guys are familiar with the network, they're doing this with Nicolas Cage. They've been doing this for a while. That they finished. The network is called the Cage Club Podcast Network because of the Nicolas Cage films. That that Joey and Mike watch, and then you know they've been rewatching that. We've been on a bunch, yeah. And how the rewatch works, if you're not familiar with it, is you know when they do the revisited episodes, is it's actually you're supposed to start it 
when they te- tell you to start it, and it's it's almost like audio commentary on a film. Yeah, it's their own version of audio commentary for a movie. And that's what we'll be doing, and it's something that, it's going to be fun, because we're going to be re-watching the films together. I would say for 90% of the PSL of Hoffman episodes, we watched it separately and then talked about it. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, yeah, there was maybe a, like there was three a... we watched together, maybe. Maybe, but... But this time we're going to be watching them together and commenting as we go. So and there's going to be a like a I'd say at least a handful that will be only like the second time we've ever seen it. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know if we'll cover all of them in this series because we're going to be doing it once a month. Yes. But we're going to get the greatest hits, and we're not going in any particular order. Well, kind of. That's where you guys come in. We know you guys have been clamoring behind the scenes for more Hoffman <laughs> stuff. Unfortunately, rest in peace. They're not going to get more Hoffman movies. But this is a way to, I guess, continue the legacy of, honestly, one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. You know, obviously, both of us really, really like him. But we're going to have you guys vote for what movie we do every month. Yeah, so starting on December 1st, correct? Yeah, December 1st, uh, which is this Saturday. We're going to put out on our Facebook page, but we'll also put out on our High School Film Party page yeah. and Foodie Films, Foodie Films page. page. And uh, ask the guys on the network for on Cage Club. As yeah, well. we'll ask them to promote. Maybe they'll you know, put, yeah. us, put us on the flagship. Yeah. But we want you to vote for what film we should talk about first. And again, this is just going to be me and Kyle on a couch, either at his place or my place, or who the hell knows, maybe someplace neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But we're gonna, Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah, we're going to watch it in Switzerland. But we're going to just put on the film, and you're going to get our honest, visceral reaction. And the fun thing about this is, we can't really edit stuff out of this one. Yeah. Because we're watching it as it goes. And it's not going to make sense if we pause and say something. We're never going to get it right if that's the case. So this is going to be it's going to be a fun, interactive thing. And you're going to get the true Brian and the true Kyle. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> as things come on screen. Yeah. You will get our t- true reactions, and again, we do, we just we started the Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast because we didn't want the legacy to end. Not that it not that it would, and not that we're saying we're the reasons why it continues, but he's it, just a great actor with great films, and I can't I cannot wait to watch these films and relive these films. So just a little hint before Kyle dismisses us. Um, well, I guess that's more my that's high school slumber party thing. Take so, over. so the dinner ends. Kyle kicks us like out of it. his home. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna. We're not gonna give the full IMDb list of movies to vote on. We'll give a different limited list every month. Yes. For you guys to vote on. We're gonna start out with five. It might be a little bit less every month. It certainly won't be more. And um, the five movies for our debut episode of PSS. I love Hoffman. The post-postscript, or postscript script. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is it PPS? I don't even know. No, it's PSS. It's definitely PSS. Or is it? Yeah, PSS. <laughs> we're, we're working on the fly here. <laughs> Over the PSS, I love Hoffman. Um, Kyle, why don't you read off what the five movies we've decided are yeah, going we, to be in the voting for this one? We want to start... We, nope. Well, we want to start out strong, so we're going with Almost Famous... Boogie Nights, Charlie Wilson's War, Synecdoche, New York, yes, <laughs> and Love Liza. Love Liza. So that five, you guys will be able to pick. This one we might keep open longer, but we're, we'll keep the lines open till 
I don't know, a couple of weeks yeah. yet to be determined. But December 1st, the voting will open, and whoever wins, whichever movie wins, that's the movie we'll do first. Whatever movie you guys want us to watch, that's the movie we're going to watch. So it's up to you guys. It's up to you, Hoff fans. Mm-hmm. Get out there. Get out to vote. Even if Hoff fans, I miss you. <laughs> I miss the Hoff. Foodie fans, I love you. <laughs> Some of them are hopefully the same. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but Hoff fans, get out there. If one of you votes, then that's still more than it. Well, we'll probably vote ourselves secretly. <laughs> but get out there and vote. And whatever movie wins, I don't know if if there's a tie. We'll have some kind of tiebreaker procedure. But we'll just pick which one of the yeah. two we want. Or we might, if there's a tie, theoretically, we might do one and then the next month do the other. I don't know. We'll yeah. figure it out. But vote, vote, vote. We're eager, eager to watch these films again to get together and eager to relive the. P.S. I love Hoffman legacy and the lo- legacy of one of the greatest actors ever. And Philip e- Hoffman. And eager to stay on cool. Stay on cool, Kyle. Well, Brian, we p- plugged your podcast. We plugged PSS. The only thing left to say uh, besides stay on cool is uh, there's more to cut. So if you could just do, do, do you want to say it as maybe a uh, Hyman Roth <laughs> thing, or oh, Hyman Roth? Yeah. And Not I don't I, want you to do as Hervé. I but, can't do either. Hyman Roth is. I, I'm, I can't do good Hyman Roth. Okay. Or her Vince vein. McMahon. Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, Vince McMahon. You're fired. Let me see. There's more to cut. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. And I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing. Good enough to eat thing. And it's just a while. Sweet.